All right. Welcome to the Gospel Foodies podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing Joshua chapter seven. We have been reading the book of Joshua from the first chapter. And just to give a recap before we dive into what's going on in chapter seven, Joshua received the assignment to carry the children of Israelite through into the promised land because Moses's assignment was done. We've seen starting from the first chapter that God gave Joshua strategy and how to approach this. We see in how he utilized the spies to scout the land before they fully went in. We've also seen God give Joshua promises that he indeed has given them the land and that he should not be afraid. So right now, um, the previous chapter, chapter six, um, God was telling them to shout and was telling them when to shout and when not to shout. So there are specific instructions. And um, a key scripture that stands out is chapter 6, verse 18. No, I think that bleeds into today. So I guess we'll go into it. So we'll dive into the text and study chapter 7. Disregard the previous one. Should I go first, Joseph, or do you want me to? You can go first. Okay. All right. So in chapter seven, the first thing that stands out is um, God in verse two, it says, let me see if I can flip here. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth, and even on the east of Beth, and Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. So this is not different from what happened before when Joshua sent the spies to scout the land. That's when they encountered Rahab. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about this particular time, it doesn't seem like there was much consultation with God. They just mm-hmm. kind of went in and did their own thing. Mm-hmm. And um, in verse two, um i think it's verse three yes so instead of focusing on the promises that god had given them which god originally had said that i've given you the land um they now became um self-righteous so now they they were confident in their own abilities they're like oh but um we can go in there we don't even need to bring as many people we should be good now just because god promised that he had given them the land there was no promise that things were going to be easy and anything right. that, which mm-hmm. makes sense that God told Joshua, do not be afraid quite a few different times. So that mm-hmm. I would think is telling me that, okay, God, you're giving me the land, but then there's something I need to keep. I need to take courage. I think he even said like, be of good courage or something along those lines. So the first observation I made is that they go in and they they think it's going to be an easy battle. The scripture that came to mind was 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, that says, be careful to think you stand lest you fall. Lest you fall. Because mm. what ended up happening is mm-hmm. <laughs> things went south. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> things did not work out for them. But mm. what's really interesting, actually, this chapter, um, what I titled it over here is God's anger is righteous. Like God is never angry for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, God has a righteous Amen. anger. That's a good one. So, um, when we get to verse 12, we see that there was a reason why, why things were not happening for them. Um, the Bible says, therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, mm. but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed 
neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the curse from among you. So there was a reason behind um, them losing the battle. Well, one, I'm led to believe that they, they trusted in their own abilities. But then number two, they were not even able to stand before their enemies because they, they as a people were unrighteous with the stolen item right. that was amongst them. Mm-hmm. What I wrote down is God does not dwell in unrighteousness. And as much as he promised them the land, um, because uh, as much as he promised them the land, their actions too were going to determine whether they were going to receive it or how things were going to play out for them. And because it didn't happen that they won that particular battle, it doesn't mean that God lied. And God is so Mm. good that in this chapter, he explains to them why things are not working out the way they did. But then I also started thinking about us as believers. We cannot approach any battle if we have accusations against us, if we have things that we've done, because the children as well, even as much as they might not have been aware of the, the stolen items that have taken place before the enemy and just before for what they were doing, they were still accursed, like they had still right. sinned against God. And that's just the representation that they had. So I wrote, you cannot have any accusations to actively stand against the enemy. The Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, meaning that if we were to partake in any type of spiritual warfare or whatever, we need to make sure that we're addressing the things that are not right with God. Um, But this is not to discredit people because I think sometimes it can make people feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't engage in spiritual warfare. God gives you an opportunity to clean up whatever it is that is wrong, and then you can come back, then you can operate in that authority. The authority doesn't automatically happen because he's given it. We have to be in alignment, which I think the same thing happened with the children of Israel because when God brought it to the attention of Joshua, then they had to deal with the particular thing uh, that... um, was happening and what was interesting i looked up the name akor akor <laughs> achor because achor is the one who had the stolen items right and it means um n- it means trouble or disturb wow. which is interesting that names have such a significance mm-hmm. like <laughs> being mm-hmm. like i'm thinking who names their wow. the person that but it's wow. very interesting too that what they came to understand about the stolen items did not come by human knowledge. And I was reading the commentary Mm -hmm. here that said that because the items were amongst their items, it would have been hard for a human being to tell and say like, oh, these are not part of ours. It took divine knowledge. They had to go back to God and say, okay, well, what is going on? What is happening here? So those are the pieces Mm -hmm. that I got from this section. Oh my God, that was so good. Amen. That was so good. I I definitely I think most of the things we got were similar. And um sorry, excuse me. And uh, yeah, so verse one was the very first thing that stood out to me. And um it's when it talks about it said, but the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regards to what God had asked them so they stole and what 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 stood out to me was that the bible said the israelites even though it was just one person it was just one person that stole it so why is it the israelites like why am i getting blamed for what someone else did and they did not even know about it so the very first thing that stood out to me was how 
truly one's company could put one in trouble. Mm-hmm. And was to that, um, the Bible verse that came to me was Psalms 1 verse 1, which says, um, blessed is, is the man who works in the, who works, who does not work in the counsel of the wicked or set foot on the path of the sinners or sits in the seat of mockers. Mm-hmm. Because we immediately we put ourselves in that environment, we also put ourselves in a position to be attacked, whether or not we know what the other person's sin is. But because we've now aligned with them, because we are because God was seeing them as one person. Mm-hmm. So that was what blew my mind. I'm like, only one person committed this. Mm-hmm. The others didn't even know. It wasn't like they even helped him to like they even helped him to like maybe shield the properties hide them or anything they knew nothing about it Mm. but for some reason god considered that that it was the whole israelites that Mm -hmm. had sinned against him so i was like wow this is crazy truly like it doesn't it's it really shows that we need to be careful about the kind of company we keep Mm -hmm. and to make sure that we are truly checking each other as christians Mm -hmm. and even when you see a sin you have to call it out rightly before you actually get punishment for a sin Mm -hmm. you didn't even commit just because you decided to allow it happen Mm -hmm. and then while i'm talking like i just remembered like how god talks about not even not being um what's that word um oh shit what's that word you know that um when we see sin and we turn a blind eye we don't address mm, it mm. how we could actually be partakers of a punishment just because mm. we actually did not address sin mm. and that's how as christians we cannot afford to see sin and not call it out yeah. we see different sins nowadays the world is going crazy there's so many things each day it's like it's one sin or the other coming out and they accept they um they ex- expect us to accept those sins mm-hmm. but as christians we cannot because the truth about it is the moment we accept then we've placed in our we've placed ourselves in a seat for judgment mm-hmm. so we need to call out sin the way it is we cannot we can no longer sit on the fence even when we say sin we have to be able to call out and be like no this is wrong no this is wrong because the moment we allow it happen without us saying anything we've allowed ourselves to now be judged by that same sin and judged based on that so I thought I was, you know, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the verse three to five also stood out to me because um, um, from, sorry, from verse two to five, because this was when then I said Joshua sent men and, you know, very much like you just said, Laura, the first question I asked was, did they consult God? Mm-hmm. Because verse one already said, the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. So if they had consulted God before actually going to fight I, God would have revealed to them that they were not going to win that battle because they were in sin, mm-hmm. but they did not. And it, it began to, this, this was a problem because they had thought, okay, send out spies and the spies came and they're like, oh, they're just few of them. Mm-hmm. We don't even need as many soldiers to go fight. Mm-hmm. They had become self-dependent, self-reliant. They're like, oh. Okay, that's fine. So I wondered if the armies, the I armies were in thousands, in mm. millions, would they have come back to God and be like, okay, God, what should we do? Mm. Mm. But they actually became self-reliant. They're like, oh, it's just a small number. We can handle it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, did you just forget that it was God that helped you do, um, 
um, uh, destroyed Jericho because Jer- the destruction of Jericho had just happened. Mm-hmm. How did you all of a sudden become self-dependent and self-reliance? And then it reminds us as Christians, we do that. Christians do that a lot where we yeah. become so self-reliant, even though God just did something. You can point out and say, God did this. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, this is a small tax. I got it. It's just this. I can do it. I don't need God at this point. And then you just go, you go do it. And then you feel, and then you're coming back and like, what is happening? Which is exactly what happened. They became self-reliance. God, they, they did not, the Bible did not say they asked. They never consulted God. Mm-hmm. They thought they could do it in their own power, in their own will, which is a problem. Because the moment we do that, God would humble us real quick. Because at that point, mm-hmm. pride has set in. And we know what God does to the proud. Hmm. So I thought it was really interesting, you know. And then um, verse five talks about when the old, the I am struck the Israelites down. And they said that the hearts of the people melted and became like water. And the first thing I thought of was the same thing you said. All through, God was prepping them. I was like, you have to be strong and courageous. You have to be strong and courageous. And then this happened. And immediately they went back to the flesh. Mm-hmm. And they became <laughs> scared, yeah. afraid. Yeah. But these were the same people God had said, be strong and courageous. He had shown them signs and wonders. He had, they had seen these things with their eyes. And then this happened. And then they're like, Ugh. And it, it made me think of our Christian walk again. And I'm like, yes. we've seen God do these things. We've seen God do these things. And then there's a setback. Mm-hmm. And immediately we are downcast. Immediately we are like, oh, we can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh no, like, like, where is God? We start asking silly questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, you've seen it. You would think the first thing they would do is to be like, God, what is happening? Like, yes. God, speak to me. But they were already downcast. And we, you know, we talked about it in the other verses on how like fear is the first thing the enemy introduces to you when he wants to destroy you. And that was what was happening. They were allowing fear setting. And the moment they let that happen, they were not able to think straight. Mm-hmm. So we are so grateful that at that point, Joshua stood up again. And at this point, he tore his clothes. That's in verse six. And, you know, we, we are about all the tear, because I think it's a thing like back in those days, like they would tear their clothes, you know, sit on the floor and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the the significance of tearing the clothes is actually because they're in a stage of mourning mm-hmm. in deep sorrow to show that truly they were mourning. That's why they did that. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> something happened in verse seven. Joshua started asking these questions. And the very first thing I asked was, was Joshua asking God questions or was he questioning God? Mm-hmm. Because there is a difference. Mm-hmm. there's a difference between I'm asking God a question and I'm questioning God because when you're asking God a question, you understand the place of God yes. and you're like, God, how do I go about this? God, how do I, you are understanding that God is omnipotent, is omnipresence, is omniscience, is the one that sits and makes those things happen. But when you start questioning God, you're bringing God down. Mm. which you can never do by the way Mm. but yeah now bringing god down to your level and then it becomes it comes from a place of insults like oh why why would you allow that happen so i was wondering so was joshua actually asking god questions or was he questioning god 
because to me it looks like at some point he was questioning God mm-hmm. and he did the same thing the Israelites had done remember when he, yeah. they came out of Egypt and they started questioning well you should have left us there so that would have rather been slaves in Egypt that was the same thing it's like why did you bring us here just to just to deliver us mm-hmm. so Joshua at that point allowed his flesh take over because the first question you should have asked is God what is happening? Open my eyes to see what is happening. And I'm sure as Christians, we can relate to that. I will start asking God, like, God, oh my God, I've been like this. So then you start telling God how you've been an usher for eight years, how you've been devoted, how you've been in service, but you don't, you don't realize that it's truly not by what you do. Because mm-hmm. God is who he is. Amen. And that was what happened here. We started questioning God. But God, God is just, God is just so messy for that. God didn't even count that against them. Mm-hmm. And um, verse, and the very first thing that came to mind was Psalms forty-two, verse six. Actually, that verse, once I read verse seven, all I heard was, "Why are you downcast, O my soul?" Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, like why are you downcast, O my soul?" So I went to go look for that verse. And it was so interesting because that verse says, that verse says, why are you down? Sorry, let me open it up real quick. Psalm 42. Psalm 42 verse, verse 5. Psalm 42 verse 5 to 6 says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. Mm. So I thought it was really interesting. The, the height of Hermon and from Mount Smeza. I thought it was interesting because the, ver- the what came to mind was, why are you downcast on my soul? I've read this verse so many times, but I've never seen the verse six that said, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan which was the same place the Israelites were at this point. They were. Wow. So it was interesting how this Psalm 42 took us back to the days of Joshua in that same land of Jordan. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like God is really speaking because I didn't even know that part was there. That mm-hmm. God actually mentioned that the um, that it was mentioned in Psalm 42, the land of Jordan again, and how like they were downcast there. So I thought it was really interesting. And then, oh my God, and then verse um, nine, I thought it was interesting because Joshua then said something. He said, "What would you do for your great name, Lord?" Mm. And I think. <laughs> I think it's very interesting because God will not be mocked. Yes. And there's something about God that I, th- I find very interesting. Once you truly, once your heart is truly clean and you ask God, what will you do for your namesake? God will begin to show you what yeah. he would actually do for his name because his name would not be trampled upon. There is no way yes. the, the God can allow the enemy mock his name. There is no way. I remember like when we're reading Joshua, when we're reading it, God kept mentioning to them that for my namesake, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I think Joshua, a light bulb 
<laughs> came mm-hmm. on in Joshua's head and he realized, oh, 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 wait, I can't use this against God. Mm-hmm. And he said, God, what would you do for your namesake? And I realized that so many times you don't realize that things happen for, you know, sometimes God protects us from certain things for his namesake. Mm-hmm. We think it is us doing it. We think we are the ones that, oh my God, I did X, Y, Z, and then God, oh, I paid my tithes, and then God did it. So I paid this, so I saw this. Those things happen fine, quite all right. But there are so many things in our life that God does for his name's sake. Amen. So that men can glorify God in heaven. He does it yeah. for us, and that's because of his name's sake. So I thought it was very smart that Joshua realized that, and it was like, okay, God, so what would you do for your name's sake? And then it was right after that, in verse 10, the Lord now spoke to Joshua. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So something definitely moved because it was there crying, it was there asking questions. But after mm-hmm. he said, what will you do for your great name? Mm-hmm. Then God says something in verse 10. And I thought it was very interesting because when God said, the very first thing he said was stand up. Mm-hmm. God, the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places. Yes. So there's... <laughs> The very interesting thing about God is when we bring ourselves low, when he wants to talk to us, he wants to pull us up first. God is just so good. You think about the devil, when you're down, that's when he wants to pounce on you. Mm -hmm. But for God, he just wants you to come to that knowledge of God. I need your help. Then he raises you up to his level, seated in heavenly places. He said, stand up. Mm -hmm. he did not say he didn't say oh joshua like okay this is what happened the very first thing is get up what are you doing on your face why are you depressed why are you downcasted stand up stand up 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 Mm -hmm. and that is what you would think of a father it's just like a father coming into a room and the child is crying the first thing you want to do is lift the child's face up Mm -hmm. you want to see what is happening like you want to see the child's face and that's what god does because he's such a good father even though they had sinned at that point it was it was just that fatherly love he wanted to pour on joshua and it's like stand up why are you downcast why are you on your face and he said this is what is happening israel has sinned that is why all those things you're doing, not necessary. All this uh, God have <laughs> questions and mm-hmm. everything. It's like, I don't need it, not necessary. It's because Israel has sin. And it made me laugh again because I'm like, oh my God. God didn't say one person sinned. He mm-hmm. said Israel. So one person can count a whole nation out. Wow. Yeah. The same way one nation can count someone in. And that's why as Christians, mm-hmm. we have to realize the power of prayer and intercession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because when the bible says you know in in um i think it's in chronicles when it says um oh lord when it says if my people who are called by my name if my people he's not saying everybody Mm-mm. because the truth about it we know that we since we're wrestling against uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood it's not possible that everybody will stand and intercede at the same time but if the few elects can stand Mm-hmm. those are people that are not representing the nation and that's why as christians we have to realize the the, the place of intercession yeah he said israel has sinned so the same way one person can allow a whole nation to be caused is the same way one person can allow a whole nation to be raised up yeah. so the question is are you going to be that one person mm. at what point do you realize that your purpose is not just tied to you but you're going to stand as that one person that intercedes for your life for your family for your nations because 
like we've seen here, if one person can cause the whole nation to be accursed, one person can also cause the whole nation to be blessed. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just mind-blowing to see that. And it's just so interesting to see how God views things. And um, um, verse... Verse 12 said, because it, then God talks about, it kept, it, God was still telling Joshua what had happened. And he said, the children of Israel could not fight their enemies because they have been doomed to destruction. Mm-hmm. So their sin had doomed them. And if they had asked God before, God before they went, because God was already angry before they went to high, mm-hmm. they had had God, God would have told them the same thing. Like that sin is why. Mm-hmm. because you did x y and z that's why you would not be able to win this battle mm-hmm. they would have known and separated themselves yeah but no they did not so now god is telling them yeah because you sinned you've been doomed for destruction mm-hmm. so it makes me realize how many times we sin and because of that the enemies are is, is able to take advantage of us mm-hmm. the bible talks about how if you give um if you give um, the enemy what a foothold takes mm-hmm. a mile, what's the Bible verse? Yeah. No. So our, our sin, our own sin can actually open the door for the enemy mm-hmm. and then we become crushed and we're wondering where is God, but you did it to yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. We want to blame God for everything. When I say, oh, uh, you hear questions about if God, wait, God, why is this things, why are these things happening in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you all decided to sin. Mm-hmm. And until you realize that sin, God isn't going to change anything because the sin yeah. automatically makes you doomed for destruction. Mm-hmm. So until we realize that as a nation, as a people, as a family, as a person, mm-hmm. nothing would change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, that, that was just interesting. And I thought in verse 13, God then decided to give them instructions. And he said, get up and sanctify yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think of sanctification it's when, when you look at the meaning of it it's a process of being set apart so now you have to set yourself apart from sin you have to be holy you have to be consecrated it's so funny how god didn't say okay go straight up and get the accustomed this is what happened go straight up and get it god said no you have to sanctify yourself first and that is where repentance comes in how before we can do anything, before, like you said, Laura, before we can wage war against the enemy, before we can go into spiritual warfare, we have to ask for forgiveness. Because if not, the devil, like you said, the accuser of the brethren will use that against you and you'll be defeated in a place of warfare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But God said, the very first thing you need to do is to sanctify yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was so very interesting that then he told them, after you sanctify yourself, then there is an then you need to take that accost thing away mm-hmm. because you cannot stand before your enemies until you take it away. Mm-hmm. And then it made me realize sometimes we pray a prayer of forgiveness just because we are doing it religiously. Mm-hmm. Because it gets to a point where like God gave them instruction on even how to pray that forgiveness, pray yeah. for the forgiveness. He said. Not only will you do this, but then you have to take away their costing from you. So how many times do we sin? 
and God will say, okay, now you have sin, but you need to take that thing away. But because we are not patient, we just want to repent and run away. Mm-hmm. Just want to say, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. God. We don't listen to the instruction that follows repentance. That means there is an instruction that follows repentance. For God to say, it's not just for you to say you are sorry. It's not just for you to say, God, we are sorry. But you have to sanctify yourself and then remove that thing and then your oh. sins will be forgiven. There was a whole instruction like we said, a whole strategy again Mm -hmm. for how that process of forgiveness was going to happen. So how many times do we just religiously pray a prayer of forgiveness without actually asking God, what do you want me to do? Mm. What are the steps? Oh God, I'm so sorry for that fornication. Oh Lord, forgive me. It won't happen again. But God is saying, oh girl, you need to leave that man. But you don't want to hear that part. Right. Just want to ask for forgiveness. So the next three months you can do the same thing and ask for forgiveness again and be keep going round mm-hmm. and round and round and round in foolishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is an instruction coming with it. Oh God, have mercy on my family. Have mercy on my family. And God says, Oh, your family has built an altar for another idol. Go take it out. Mm-hmm. But you're not patient enough to even mm-hmm. listen and hear that. Mm-hmm. Now you just want to pray for forgiveness and run. But there is something. And the problem with if the, if the Israelites had prayed for forgiveness mm-hmm. without taking away their costing, there was no way they would have moved forward from there. It would have been the same thing over. They would have been defeated till the Israelites were wiped out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they had to take it away. Mm-hmm. So it makes me realize that when we come in the place of repentance, we need to ask God, what do you want me to do? to truly repent of the sins i am sorry i made this error but what is the next step that would truly make this repentance complete Mm. because there is an instruction there most times there is an instruction that would follow that leave that man alone there's another time family. there is this oh go to this church or go to this person or go to it reminds me of Saul. Mm-hmm. He, he was he was already in his heart when God showed up he was already feeling sorrowful mm. he was already feeling sorrowful but it got to a point where Paul was like God have mercy like have mercy and then that was when God said oh okay now there's going to be another step and the step would be to for you to regain your sight and then it was after Saul regained the sight mm. then he was able to go preach so there's always a step for this thing. Like, it's not just, imagine if it, Paul was just like, okay, God forgive me and then move on. Mm-hmm. Would he truly have been able to go to the places he went to that it took the word of God to, if it didn't, if there wasn't an, a further step for his sight to be recovered? So it's like, it's crazy how there are so many things that are literally God's blessings, but all around it, you know how like, when you go to like somewhere where shootings have taken place and you're like, mm-hmm. do not cross police line, police line. Mm-hmm. And you think of God's miracle wrapped in those places and the lines around it is obedience, instructions, obedience, instructions, mm-hmm. obedience. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that's what it truly takes to actually get that miracle, that obedience yes. to the God's instructions. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And then from 14 down, mm-hmm. uh, the instructions were given and then they found the man that did it. They brought him out and he confessed the sin. Mm-hmm. But what amazed me was, even though he confessed the sin, mm-hmm. he had to suffer for the consequences. Yeah. So we need to be really careful about the sins because sometimes I'm like, but I confessed the sin. 
you know, I did this. I said, I'm sorry. You're like, okay, I, I, the example coming to my head is when like, for example, you come in, maybe you go still mm-hmm. and then you get them. They're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But then the store already has your face on their cameras mm-hmm. and then they come, they arrest you. And you're like, but God, I said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sins have repercussions. We do. So even though you are sorry, even though you are truly sorry, mm-hmm. sometimes the truth is we still have to face the repercussions. Mm-hmm. And then you go, you go spend some time in jail or you get community service or something happens, but you get repercussions. That's why we really need to be careful of those things we commit yeah. because you never know how big the repercussion. This man lost his life for what? This wow. was possessions that I was still going to have. Yes. These were things and many more that God had provided for them. He was still going to have these possessions, but he stole them. And now he had to pay with his life. And the funny thing was not, ju- was not just his life, his family too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As that's where we have to be very careful mm-hmm. that even in our family, we call out sin. Yes. So we do not become partakers of the consequences of that sin. So I th- <laughs> it's really interesting, but it wasn't until that that the Bible in verse 26 now said, then God turned away from the fierceness of his anger. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until they did all of that. Not, not a step was missing. Mm-hmm. They did everything and they burned, they stoned the man, everything he had, his sons, his daughters, mm-hmm. his donkeys, everything he had. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy how one thing contaminates the rest. The rest yeah. Because now he took a contaminated thing, something he wasn't going to take. And then that contaminated his whole household. Mm-hmm. Now, even his possessions, which he lived for, his possessions, which he got from well-meaning, from well, good intentions that he got from his hard work, had to go to because he had contaminated the whole thing, his family, everything with that thing, with that accursed thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to be very, very careful with sin. Mm. We need to be very, very, very careful. And it's crazy how it wasn't until all of that happened that God said, okay, I'm no longer angry. Mm-hmm. So that's mm. why God. That was really good. Amen. Amen. From what you said, there are some things that stood out to me when you're talking about the repercussions of his actions the um is it achor achor his <laughs> his behavior i see a parallelism between eve and him mm. how she made you know took a, made a decision that had an impact on not just herself but adam but not just mm. Mm. but also the generations to come and it's the same tactic Amen. that the enemy the has thing. been using where mm. and Remember, God had given Adam everything in the garden. Everything. Everything. Mm. He just told them the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that one is the one you'll not eat from. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that Eve came around and the serpent said that there was something to have those. And that's similar with now in, um, let's just say, Achor. He sees belongings. But he had already been given belongings because God had already spoken to them and said that I've given you the land. And something that also stood out to me when you're talking about finding um, one person who's an heir can impact a group, 
and the flip of that one person who's right can impact a group. We saw that in the case of Rahab, how she was able to save her family. family. Yes. Mm. So we see, it's interesting how the Bible is so connected. Like God is very consistent in how he does things. Rahab, a decision that she made is what impacted her family and saved her family. They didn't even have Mm. to do anything, Anything. which I think is so encouraging because we know that there are people who come from families who they're the only believer. And it might just be that they're the ones who are holding the whole family down as Mm. frustrating as it might be as much of a burden, it might seem like, but the household could be saved because of that one person. It Mm -hmm. also reminds me in the book of Genesis, when um, God was destroying Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham was going back and Mm. forth with him, trying to negotiate. And he's like, okay, what if you find this many righteous people? What if you mm-hmm. find this many righteous people? That was one person standing yes. in the gap too. It's wow. the presence of the righteous people that mm-hmm. saved the whole place. Mm-hmm. Not saying Amen. that the place was good because we know Sodom and Gomorrah was not a place to be, but mm-hmm. it really made me um, think about that. And then as you're talking, I looked at um, Joshua chapter six, verse 16. And it's interesting that there was a warning about yeah, where's the warning. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bible says, and you in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest you make yourselves accursed when mm. of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel curse and trouble it. Look at that. So God had spoken about it in advance. It wasn't something that was, yeah, it wasn't a new thing. It wasn't. God yeah. already told them. And as I wow. read that, I was like, wow, God, you've given us so many warnings in your word right now about things to look out for. And mm-hmm. just as you said, there was one thing that was missed. They did not pray to, for God to reveal to them what was in air, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it just made me think about with all the things God has warned us about in the Bible. And what's taking place right now? Which ones do we pay attention to? And if you think about the importance of prayer points, because sometimes you might not be experiencing a particular thing at that moment, but that right. prayer point is addressing something to come. In the future. Mm-hmm. Something that's ahead. I think people mm-hmm. say that like you're sending prayers ahead, mm-hmm. which at one point I was like, hey, I don't know. But in this scripture, we see the importance of it because had they taken that seriously and said, okay, God, we're praying against this particular thing, would it have been possible that Accor would have even stolen? Would, it, would he have taken that action or what mm. would the outcome have been? But those are the things that came to mind as you were talking, all really good things. Um, when you were talking about um, the stoning of Accor, how he still had to pay a consequence for stealing the items, um, the scripture sure that came to mind and this might have been from something else too now that grace abounds does it mean that we continue to sin but because the lord has given us grace oh yeah when you're giving um the example of you pray for forgiveness but then you go back and do the same thing the bible addresses that right god has given you grace doesn't mean that you can continue to do yeah can misuse it Mm -hmm. yes to come back and say okay 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 god forgive me okay god forgive me but that was all, I mean, that was really good. I think this, this section is, a, is, as much as God gives us instructions and God has spoken promises over our lives, there's still things that we have to do in order to maintain our right standing with him. It's not a one and done deal when it mm-hmm. comes to the things of God. Mm-hmm. It's a continuous and 
I think one I've heard sanctification described as a continuous process. It's not just a one-time thing like, okay, I'm sanctified now constantly. Yep, We're being is. renewed to look like the mm-hmm. image of Christ, meaning that we need to be attentive to the things that don't look like mm-hmm. Christ or the things Amen. that attempt to rise up that are not in alignment with the will of God. But mm-hmm. that was really good. Hmm. Thank God. Wow. Thank God. That was a good yeah. chapter. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. It's how this journey is still ongoing. You you would think that it should be a quick, like, just get it out of the way. Right. There's so much that God needed to deal with the children with, of Israel yes. as they're going. Yes. Because, you know, it just makes you realize that we're going to a promised land. Yes. They were going to a, a, an inheritance, a possession. Mm-hmm. But they had to go through that process. Because if they did not go through that process where God would tell them, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. They were going to misuse that possession. Mm -hmm. And we could think of it as our own lives too. When God promises something, Hmm. we don't just get it like this. Yeah, there is a process and during that process God is pruning us yeah it might be hurtful you know we think about like a tree if you plant if you plant a garden for example there is a vision okay mm-hmm. I want it to look like this I want it to look like that and each time you go and prune and you know clip some things off put some things in oh maybe I should have more of this maybe I should cut this off but it's going through that process because there is a vision mm-hmm. and an expected end there is something it has to look like yeah. and that's our life too God takes us all through this there is already a promised inheritance for us in Christ Jesus there is yeah but we have to go through all that process whether we like it or not but we, ha- we have to go through that pruning process or all else would mismanage that possession mm-hmm. we would not know what to do with it we would it's crazy you know it's just like david like joseph they went through that pruning process they had to go through it for 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 um for david to be able to face the philistines he had to go through killing the lion killing the bear those things could have taken him out they could have did not because it had to get there so imagine we are in that stage of fighting the lion like god i'm tired god what is this this mm-hmm. everyday battle like yesterday was a wolf now it's a lion but god is like it is for a bigger purpose it is for a bigger thing joseph yeah. went through all of that for what Mm-hmm. because one day was going to be what who, who god really called him to be and mm-hmm. was able was going to be able to save the country the tribes from starvation they needed a joseph in that place mm-hmm. but if joseph had not gone through that process would he mm-hmm. have been able to handle all that he handled Mm-mm. at that point mm-hmm. so i think that's one thing we really need to think about when we go through that process just very much like the israelites did like joseph like so many people went mm-hmm. through that process even abraham went through that mm-hmm. process but it's for an expected end. Mm-hmm. You know, God talks about it. Keeps talking about this expected end. I wonder what it is. Yes, because it has to prune us to get mm-hmm. there. We ha- it has to remove those things that can distract you. That bad character. Now yeah. you run your mouth too much. You're going to ruin your future. Let's take that out. Mm-hmm. And then you get disciplined for it. You don't like it. But it's... Mm-hmm. It has to be a part of the process. We can't mm-hmm. run away from it. We have to all go through our individual process. And in as much as they they look different, mm-hmm. they have we all have that very 
um, expected and yes, like what is supposed to look like. Even though there are differences, there are also similarities. And that's why mm-hmm. we are able to strengthen each other as Christians too. So it's amazing how like, even though our stories are different, David's story was, David's story was definitely different from Joshua's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was different from Joseph. It was different from yeah. Abraham. But you see the end of this man this great man and you're amazed that wow god used this person for this god used this person for that esther's esther's story nehemiah it's crazy and those stories esther and nehemiah happened in the same timeline but it was for different purposes Mm -hmm. so it's crazy how these things happen because there is truly an end where we get to sit and be like oh this is why it happened. That is why yes. I had to go through that process. This is why X, Y, Z. I needed to, God had to go and get me through that process so I can save all that woman, so I can save my community, so I can save my family, so I can save this. Because we all need that process. That's just the truth. Yeah. We need it. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I think that's the biggest thing that I've been thinking as we read through Joshua you know, it can seem like, oh my goodness, the Israelites journey was so long. These people were doing too much, whatever, whatever, but Mm. it was necessary. It was very much necessary. And I believe as believers, when we start viewing our journeys that way, as God do what you need to do through me, because Mm. the worst thing is to end up in a place of your promised land and you're not prepared to handle the promise. Mm. Like Mm. it's really bad to touch a thing and lose it, Mm. you know, (laughs) because then You'd rather have not even have encountered it at all. But the process is so, I mean, it's, God is good in his ways. Even the ones that don't seem good, <laughs> he thinks about us. Because when you, after you've gone through the promise and you end up there, you're well equipped to mm. handle whatever. Could you imagine David from a lion to Goliath, like what is the big, to us, it's like, oh my gosh, but to him, I've dealt with lions before. This is not, you know, and maybe that explains the confidence that he had from, because if you've dealt with lions before and you find a giant, are you really going to be that fearful? It's in the same territory at least. Mm, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. It's something you've handled before. Which makes sense that, like, you see some of the people you mentioned in the past, they've been through, let's use, for example, Joseph. You've, he's been in the prison, <laughs> being accused, whatever, whatever. In the place of leadership, it's not going to be a, a very, like, burdensome task. Because some people are burdened by the, their place of promise. Right. <laughs> that's so true. Much. That's true. That's so true. Wow. That's so They're bur- burdened by it because it's a lot. But after he's been through all, he's dealt with false accusations, being wrongly accused, being in prison, and then also having to step up and give, (laughs) interpret a dream when you're in a place like, all of that was building him up to handle that particular place because- Honestly, yeah. The prison, like from what you just said, you know, what just came to mind is how much the prison actually prepares you for the palace. Yeah, it does. You might not know at that moment, it might not feel that way, but truly. And that's why we have to be careful that we're not just praying everything away. We mm-hmm. Christians can be in that, um, in that mentality of, oh, this has to be an attack. Now we're exactly. going to pray away. That's why we need, we need to be really careful. Like, God, what is this person supposed to teach me? Is mm-hmm. this an attack? 
Mm -hmm. Why I have to go into warfare prayers? Or is this you trying to teach me something? What is this person supposed to teach me? Help me learn. Help me not, you know, not, um, not overlook this process or do mm-hmm. or, or try to rush this process or mm-hmm. you remember like when we think about like some things in high school or some things we learned in undergrad or whatever and we're like oh and then now you need some of those things and you're like mm-hmm. oh, I should have paid attention exactly <laughs> and then yeah. it's almost like that so you go through that process and you're like oh god I need this thing to move real quick I need just this process come real quick and then you fail to learn the things you're supposed to learn and because of that you're not equipped yes. for the future yes you're like i don't even have why i need oh lord like i don't <laughs> even know but because you fail to actually thoroughly learn god what is this process supposed to teach me what am mm-hmm. i supposed to get from here because yes. it's truly not everything that is a spiritual effect not everything is a warfare prayer yeah some things it's just because you need to be obedient you need a character change you need all yeah. of these things because sometimes we truly do you need to, all that for you to be able to enjoy the benefits when of comes. god and yes. when it comes and all of that Amen. God is faithful. This was really Amen. good. I feel like Amen. each chapter gets better and better, and better. I know it's so good. It's been so good. And it's just a, like, it's crazy how much like we've learned from Joshua. Mm-hmm. And it really, really, you know, makes me think, oh my God, like, I, I, I'm sure I've read Joshua before, but I've never gotten this amount of information and how much like there were so many instructions that we can even apply to our own life so many strategies so many things they did wrong that we no longer have to do wrong because we already saw what they did wrong like for example Mm -hmm. the first part said they did not consult god oh god they just went right into it yeah we already saw the repercussion of that so why would you want to repeat that same process and not consult god over that about that situation so it's just amazing how much jo- the book of Joshua has been such a journey, like literally, even though they were going through a journey, it, even both of us reading this, we've been going through that journey of, wow, oh my God, this is happening. This is crazy. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes us not as like, as I read this, as the more we begin to understand just the, the ways of God and how he operates, we're less reactive to things. So mm-hmm. when a situation happens, it's like, oh my gosh, like, let me go. And now it's like, okay, God, like, what are we, what is going on here? Where's this coming from? What do yeah. I need to do? <laughs> is it me? Where am I in error? And then right. you're able to go through it without it. Like, I think we've been trained to wait for the thing to end. And then <laughs> with that mindset, you never like grow or learn through it. It's mm-hmm. just let it finish let it finish instead of understanding the assignment yeah that's yeah. true oh god is good amen amen i think we're good to are we good to wrap up do you have any last closing remarks no i don't have i think this has been really good and yeah. i i honestly kind of wait to like even listen to the replay the playback of it because yes there's always something to relearn even what you're saying even when God has used you to say these things there's always something again you can learn from it so I'm just I don't know it's just been so eye-opening like wow 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 
I really enjoyed it. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening. We will see you in the next podcast episode to stay connected to us. You can follow us on our Instagram page, The Gospel Foodies. We will be more active there in the upcoming future. But thank you for listening and God bless you. Amen.